tell you, God loves you. You are the apple of his eye, and I want you to know that we love you as well. And it is a privilege for us to minister to you, praise the Lamb of God. We are in the United States, in Beth, North Iowa, amen, and we are lifting up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? Give us a call. Give us, not during broadcast, amen, but put your comments. We love reading your comments. If you have prayer requests, go to our website, www rocksolidtruth.com and give us those prayer requests and we will pray with you. We were just talking this morning about how many people that we have prayed for, amen, have become a tremendous amount better, amen. We ask you to hold us up in prayer, send your prayer requests and we will join with you. The Word of God says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be in the midst of you. Praise the Lamb of God. So send them in. We'll give you all the praise. Amen. We'll give the Lord all the praise. Glory to God. If you've got your Bible, if you don't have them, we're going to get them very quickly. Amen. Turn to 3 John chapter 2. 3 John chapter 2. Beloved, I wish you above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to stand in this place, in this platform to proclaim and to give out your word. I humble myself, Lord, before you because I understand that I can do nothing without you. As you said that of your father, so I say it with you. You said abide in me and if I abide in you, Whatsoever you do, you shall have, you shall have. Lord, I can do nothing without you. I can do nothing without you. Every word that comes from my mouth this morning, let it touch a place of planning. Let it build a harvest in the lives of those that have gathered. And I'll give you all the praise and all of the glory for that which you are doing. In the matchless and wonderful and precious name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said. Amen. This morning we are in our series, Healed, and we are in Part 8. We have learned some precious and wonderful things in these past seven weeks. They have brought us to a place that we know what the Word of God is about being healed. We know what, how God feels about sickness. This morning I want to bring to you my message, and I titled it Revelation Knowledge. And it's part one. Next Sunday will be part two. And it will be the last, the last message in the series. Amen. So revelation knowledge. We have spent a great deal of time on the concept of revelation knowledge. What is revelation knowledge? That's a good question. If I was to ask you to describe it or to define it, I, I wonder what your definition would be. This is mine. Revelation knowledge is the mind of Christ in our spiritual man revealing himself to our physical man. I'll say that again. Revelation knowledge is the mind of Christ in our spiritual man revealing himself to our spiritual man. What is the purpose of revelation knowledge? Revelation knowledge is given so that when you receive it, 
It's a breakthrough. It's a place where your heart can grasp onto it and take you to another level. That's a powerful concept. Take you to another level. Another level of what? Another level of faith. Another level of, of believing what the mind of Christ has given to you. Have you ever thought about that? Amen. Amen. Revelation knowledge is the fruit of an intimate relationship. That's what revelation knowledge is. We have to know who He is in our heart. We have to know who we are in our heart. We have to know what is in our heart. And it's out of our hearts that revelation knowledge is going to manifest itself into our being. I will say that without revelation knowledge, you're going to stay where you've always been. We can read the Word of God, but it's that revelation knowledge that when it becomes real to us, amen, that it propels us into another level. That's exactly what happened to Bartimaeus. Amen. When he heard that Jesus was coming. Notice, he heard. He heard with his spiritual ear. What did he do? He began to cry out all the louder. Thou son of David. Revelation knowledge. He didn't know that. When Jesus asked Peter, he says, Who do you say that I am? Who do they say that I am? Peter said, Some say Elijah. Some say John the Baptist risen. Some say some of the prophets. But who do you say that I am, Peter? Peter says, Thou art the Christ. Revelation knowledge given by the Father. And that revelation knowledge propelled him to a revelation of him knowing who the Lord Jesus Christ was. You see, look at 1 Corinthians 2.16. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? In other words, who would know it? Who would know the mind of the Lord? I mean, we talk many, many times about, oh, you're reading my mind or this, but it says, who would know the mind of the Lord? That he may instruct him or her. But we have the mind of Christ. In your spiritual man, you have the mind of Christ. What an awesome statement. And yet I believe that very few of God's people really actually understand and grasp the significance of the Scripture. In our born-again spirit, when you became born-again spirit, you are a brand new creation. Let me say that. It's never existed before. It has never, ever, ever existed before. You're one of a kind. Yes. You are one of a kind. Amen. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Our born-again spirits, now watch this, our born-again spirits have been renewed in knowledge. In your born-again spirit, you know all things. You have the mind of Christ. Look at Colossians chapter 3 verse 10. And have put on a new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. 
In other words, when you became born again, the one who created the you, which is the brand new you, never existed before, and you have all of the knowledge inside that new you. And someone's going to say, surely, what good does it do me if I can't access it? That's the point that I want to bring to you, is that you are able to access it. All it takes is intimate communion relationship with the one who created you. That's what it takes. Intimate, intimate relationship. You've received the anointing where you know all things. Look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. But we have an unction from the anoint from the Holy One. What does that unction mean? You've been anointed. You've been anointed by the Holy One. From the Holy One. And you know all things. It's all inside of the spiritual man. He's got a lot to say. But you have to be in a place to hear it. I'll say that again. He's got a lot to say. But you've got to be in a place to hear. That's why it's so important to renew your mind. Because in the spiritual man, you have the perfect wisdom of Christ. You need to renew your mind so you can transfer that wisdom from your spiritual man into your physical man so that the spiritual man and the physical man can begin to abide within each other because now they know the same things. Praise the Lamb of God. And once that has transferred, watch this now. Your emotions change. <laughs> your actions change. Why? Because they're not reacting to the old man anymore. Now they're reacting to the spiritual man. And so when you start to react to the spiritual man, then your emotions change and your actions change. Wow. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of sword and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and an intent of the heart. That word quick in the Greek is veil, and it means alive. Alive. Every word that is in this Bible is a lie. It's a lie. It's just not words to read. It's a lie. Every promise that is in the Word of God is a lie. Every declaration of the Word of God is a lie. By His stripes we are healed. It's a lie. 
It's alive. It's alive waiting for you to declare it so that it becomes alive in you. But in here, it's alive. But it's got to become alive in you. I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health. It's alive. But it's got to be alive in you. you got to stand for that which is alive in you. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It's alive. Yeah. But you got to believe it that it's alive. You see, it's not a matter of trying to get God to speak to us. It's not a matter of trying to get God to speak to us. He's already spoken. It's already spoken in the Bible, in the Word. It's already spoken, and it's alive. Now, I can always say this. Not only is it alive, but it's eternally alive. Eternally. You see, it's a matter of you getting plugged in. It's a matter of you having intimate relationships. It's a matter of, it's kind of like when I came in this morning and we were hauling equipment in. And I brought the amplifier in and you know what I did? I plugged it into the outlet. Because it's not going to work until I plug it in to the outlet. Electricity is in this place. And yet, because electricity is here, I've got to plug in. If I don't plug in, I'm not accessing it. You've got to plug in to that which has already been given. Revelation knowledge is you consistently plugged in to relationship and having connection with God. Being plugged in. So that you can communicate every single day, every single hour with the mind of Christ. Amen. Look at Matthew chapter 4 verse 4. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That verse will get you healed. That verse will get you healed. If, if you're plugged in. That's what I'm going to be giving you today. It's revelation knowledge out of the Word of God that will get you healed. I'm going to be giving it to you today and next week. That will get you healed. It would be wonderful if you knew all seven, if all seven or eight or whatever I'm going to bring you. It would be wonderful if you knew them all. But one will do it. One will get you healed. And this is one of them. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Look at Luke chapter 6, verse 17. Matthew chapter 6, verse 17. And he came down with them and stood in the plain, and the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of Judea and Jerusalem, 
and from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And they were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him and healed them all. Now, multitudes of people are going to say, look what Jesus did. That's what they're going to say. Look what Jesus did. The only thing that these people did was to come to hear him. Oh. The only thing that these people did was come to hear him. And they heard him. Now watch this. Every one of them was healed. What does that mean, preacher? I'll tell you what it means. It means 100% of them heard what he said. And only did they, not only did they hear what he said, but they heard with their spiritual ears. You see, there's a lot of different hearing. What I'm giving you today, you're hearing me right now. But how much of it is going to stick with you during the week? How much of it is going to be heard with your spiritual ear that is going to literally heal you? And it's literally going to touch you, where it's literally going to move you, where it's literally going to, you're going to grasp a hold of it and say, I can do this, I want to hear this like Bartimaeus. Now, son of David! Amen. How many of you are going to be moved by what they're hearing? Because these people heard with their spiritual ears. And someone's going to say, well, they weren't saved. But they were Jews. And he came for them. He came to bring it to them. That's why they came. They wanted to hear him. They came to hear him. How does faith come? Romans 10, 17. So then can faith come by hearing. I brought this to you last week. There's a multitude of people that are hearing the word of God and yet they're not healed. And then they're not walking in faith. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Hearing. A key element. Hearing. It's a key element. A great multitude came to hearing. Where did they come from? Jerusalem, Judea, from the coast of Tyre, Sidon. People that were literally possessed by devils. They come to hear him and they were all healed. Bartimaeus heard him, was healed. Woman with issues of blood heard him. And like Bartimaeus and the woman with the issues of blood, Virtue went out of him. People connected with him because they heard him. Look at John chapter 4, verse 24. Everybody getting this? Yep. Yeah. John 4, 24. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Powerful scripture. God is a spirit. And since God is a spirit, the only way that you can worship him then yeah. is two ways. In the spirit 
and truth will come. So then, I'm just going to say this, then the only way that you can really hear Him if He's a spirit is if you hear Him with your spiritual ears. That's powerful. The only way that you're going to be able to hear Him. The Lord gave me a vision just this week. And it was just, it was just a snapshot. You, you, you've ever watched movies, I don't know, we got these TV things that you can go back and listen to it again and, and you, you hit a button and it rewinds it or you hit a button and it goes forward, amen? And, then, and it was just a snapshot, it was just a frame, it was just something that filled my mind. And I said, I receive it, Lord, because it's something that I have been dealing with Him. Every night before I go to bed, I think I told you this, amen, on our last... Uh, our podcast, amen? Every night before I go to bed, Lord, I love you with all of my heart. I love you with all of my strength. I love you with all of my being. And I love my neighbor as myself. Amen. Every night I say that. Every single night. I, uh, I probably shouldn't even relate this, but I'm going to. Just to tell you, show you that, uh, you know, my name is not Elisha, it's DK. Uh, that my name is not Elijah, it's DK. And my name is not Paul, it's DK. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was confronted with a, a boy. Uh, I was parking in a place that, that he had put up a sign and said, don't park there. Well, there wasn't no other places to park, and I wasn't going to be there very long. So I parked there, and he was coming across the gravel lot, and he's shaking his finger at me and showing me the sign, and I was not humble. There you go. <laughs> I was not humble. And so I pointed at the sign and went, Oh. And he started yelling and screaming at me, and, and uh, praise the Lamb of God. And I'll tell you what my flesh wanted to do. I'll just go ahead and tell you what my flesh wanted to do. Yeah. It rose up within me, and I had to beat it back down. That's what you gotta do. Amen. Because the Lord says, do not war against flesh and blood. Yeah. And I wanted to war. Hey, hallelujah. It would be World War III. <laughs> hallelujah. So if you're thinking that I walk in the spiritual all the time, I want you to know that I have to fight these things. Why? Because I'm in the flesh. But I want to tell you, in the flesh is not good because Paul said it. There's no good thing that comes out of my flesh. And revelation knowledge is the thing that changes your emotion. And I want to tell you, 20 years ago, I'd have been out of the truck. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah, but not today. Not today. Praise the Lamb of God. Amen. I told you I shouldn't have brought it up, amen, but just freeze me. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. 
Hallelujah. They come to hear him. I come to hear him. And in that hearing, my emotions have changed. And in my hearing, my actions have changed. And in my hearing, I no longer am the DK groom that I was even a year ago. Healing is for us all. But you've got to be in a place of hearing. Oh, I need to say that again. Healing is for us all, but you've got to be in a place of healing. Yeah. Of hearing. The only way, if God is the Spirit, the only way that you're going to be able to hear Him is going to be in the Spirit. Hallelujah. The words that were spoken in this Bible can only be interpreted by the Spirit. That's why we've got so many versions and so many interpretations of this Word. It can only be interpreted by the Spirit. There's only one interpretation of this Word. Not a multitude. There's only one. And the different versions of the Bible accentuate each other and Bring it all. But when the Holy Spirit begins to teach you and to, to, to move upon you, He gives you those words, amen, for you to have understanding and revelation knowledge to bring you to that place where you can be free. You see, it's not about what you think you heard. It's not about what you want to hear. It's hearing according to the Word of God. And it has to be heard spiritually. Look at Matthew chapter 13, verse 13. Matthew 13, verse 13. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. Who was Jesus talking to? He was talking to the Jews, the Israelites. The ones he came to save. He's talking to them in parables. Masters of the Torah. Masters of the law. And he speaks best to a group of people that know the Bible and know the law in and out. They know it. They studied it. They spent their entire life. And here comes the Messiah and they don't even know he's the Messiah. And here comes the Messiah, and he now has to speak to them in parables because they see, but they don't see. They hear, but they don't hear. And I want to ask you a question. How much more does that apply to us here in the United States according to the Word of God? Yeah. Yeah. A great multitude came to Jesus, and they heard. The reason I know that they all heard what they were supposed to hear is because they were all healed. Are you telling me, preacher, are you telling me that they heard because they heard? That's exactly right. They heard with their spiritual ears because I'm telling you, if they heard in the flesh, they wouldn't have been healed. 
If you'll notice the scripture, what it says is that virtue went out of him. Not that he gave virtue to them out of him. Virtue went out of him to them. Why? Because they heard. Wow. And when they heard, something happened. That hearing activated faith. And that activation healed them. So this morning I want to bring to you revelations from the Word of God. And if you can hear them in your spirit, if you can see them in your spirit, then the now thing, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, is going to manifest itself in your being and it's going to help you to be healed. Number one revelation. God is light and He cannot deny Himself. God is light and He cannot deny Himself. If you can come into intimate communion, intimate relationship with God, that life will heal you. That life will heal you. What does communion mean? I'm not talking about the Lord's Last Supper. What does communion mean? Unity. Closeness. Yeah. Intimacy. Relationship. If you can come, God is life. And He cannot deny Himself. Just like Jesus, when they heard and virtue went out of him. He could not stop that from coming out of him. Because he is light. Oh my goodness. He's light. It cannot stop. God is good. Yes. God is good. 100% of the time, he is good. Hallelujah. Look at John chapter 1, verse 4. In him was light, and the light was the light of men. If you can tie in to the light of God, you'll tie into the light of God. Amen. If you tie into the light of God, You'll tie into the light of God. And darkness has no place in the presence of light. Wow. And the light shineth in darkness. And the darkness comprehended in not. You've got to understand that there's something about sickness. It's darkness. That's what it is. It's darkness. There are other forms of darkness as well, but sickness, sickness is classified or is distinguished as a darkness. And the light and the light cannot be overthrown by the darkness. Cannot. Only if you don't grasp it. Only if you don't see it. Only if you don't see it in your spiritual man. Only if you don't... 
It cannot be overthrown. And if you're in the light and in the light, you'll immediately know that when the darkness tries to invade or when the darkness tries to come or when the darkness tries to, 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 to run out of place where it can live and cohabitate with you, you'll immediately know that it's an invader. Right. An invader. The light cannot be overthrown by darkness. Not if you are in the light. My goodness. Into the relationship. Communion with the Lord. Light should be driving out every sickness, every disease, every virus. Doesn't mean that you don't get it. But it does mean that once you got it, you're attacking it and getting rid of it and it's going away. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Doesn't mean that you're not going to get it. But it does mean that once you got it, you become a defender of the faith. You become a defender of the light. You know, isn't that what red and blood and red and white corpuscles do? Is that when something gets into your body, what do they do? They muster together and start fighting. The good fight to kill that which is invaded the body. Glory to the Lamb of God. You got a pain? What are you going to do with all that pain? Oh, oh. My back. You just owned it. You just spoke it and you just owned it. Oh, my arm. I don't know what happened. Oh, you just owned it. It's yours. Because you didn't see it and attack it for what it was. You see, every pain, every sickness, every disease is looking for a place to cohabitate with you through your words. It can't do it without your words. When you speak it, it says, My friend. My buddy. And the devil comes in, sits in your chair, eats your food and he's sitting right there amen and you say get out of my chair no, not, not your chair no longer it's my chair now you see we don't look at it like that we don't see it like that well this thing just came upon me came upon you because of the words that you spoke or because of what somebody else spoke and you didn't rebuke it you see, I used to be very careful about rebuking people. Not anymore. I'll rebuke you in a heartbeat. If you say something that, that pertains to me, I'll rebuke you in a heartbeat. Because I'm not going to allow that thing to come on me. Just because you've spoken it. Hallelujah. Just because you've spoken it. Or just because the thought has come into my head. You know, you can't control your thoughts. You know that. Everybody knows that, I'm sure. But you do control what you speak about when the thought comes. 
You either discard it in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, I resist you, or you bless God because of it. Hallelujah. John 8, 12. John 8, 12. I may preach for about a week and a half today. I just feel about that good. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And somebody away across the world is saying, I don't have time for that. Amen. John 8, 12. Then speak Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of light. Amen. It doesn't come automatically. Just because you follow Him. It doesn't come automatically. It comes because you speak that which He has spoke, told you to speak. Let me read it to you in another version. Jesus spoke to the people again and He said, I'm the light of the world. Those that follow me will never walk in darkness. Wow. They will have the light that leads to life. They will never walk in darkness. That doesn't mean that dark thoughts won't come. That doesn't mean that temptations won't come. But what that means is that once you get rid of them, once you reject them, once you, once you resist them, you'll never walk in that darkness. But you have to resist it. You have to rebuke it. You have to get it away from you. Same thing with disease. Same thing with anything. You see, I brought to you this lesson a couple weeks ago, the importance of words. I wonder how many of you have grasped, grasped it, and I wonder how many have changed your lives because of it. Because you're careful now about what you speak. Because I will tell you, what you speak, you're planting a garden that you're the one that has to eat. You've got to eat it. It's your garden. Hallelujah. How does faith come again? Relationship. Hearing. Intimacy. Out of love. Out of intimacy. These are the things that are consistent with now faith. Hebrews chapter 1. 11 verse 1. Now faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When you go beyond that, these are the things that this consists of. Hebrews 11 and 1. Glory to God. Place of intimacy, that place of wonderfulness, that place. Look at Galatians chapter 5 verse 6. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. You know, if I could get this to the place for understanding. Faith works by love. L-O-V-E. Agape. Love. We have been taught that in faith we need to speak to things. Isn't that what we've been taught? And I've, I've said that over and over and over. But I want to tell you something about speaking to things. It's just a formula. What did you just say? I said it is a 
formula. Because if it's not birthed in love, sometimes it works and sometimes it don't work. Because speaking is a formula. In other words, do it and it'll happen. How many of you spoke to things and it never happened? I'll tell you why. Because it wasn't birthed in love. Simple as that. It's a formula. And the formula is true. There's no question about that. But there are things that have to be present in order for you speaking to it become a reality. Well, that's good preaching. Look at John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I want to read it again. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Two options. Two things to focus on. The thief who's come to steal, kill, and destroy. What are you going to focus on? I mean, every single day, what are you going to focus on? Politics? The price of gas? The price of food? The washing machine that just broke? The car that needs fixing? You know what those things do? They steal your joy. Because you're focusing in on something. You've jumped right in the car with the devil. You've jumped right in the car with the devil. Because these are the things that he won't want you to focus on. He doesn't want you to focus in on that I've come. Jesus has come that you might have life, that you might have more abundant. So what do you speak about? You speak about gas. You speak about food. You speak about this. You speak about what I know. You speak about not having business. You speak about this and you speak about that. And you're right in touch with the devil. That's exactly what he wants you to think about and focus on. Because he came to give us abundant life. If you really believe that, you wouldn't be speaking about all this other stuff. I'll take a good amen. Yeah. I said I'll take a good amen. amen. I said I'll take a good amen. amen. Thank you. I'm preaching good. You're not receiving it well, but I'm preaching good. Because that's what you've learned to speak on. Those are the things you focus on. You focus on the physical. Amen. Not the spiritual. Well, you just got to have common sense, Pastor. I heard a preacher preaching about that about, I don't know how long ago it was. You know, you just got to have common sense. I guess common sense doesn't come with the spiritual. Oh, I need to, thank you, Lord. Common sense doesn't come with the spiritual. Faith comes with the spiritual, but not common sense. Common sense comes with your old man. That's what common sense comes with. And because common sense, because 
I see with my eyes, because I see these things, amen, that aren't happening, I have a hard time translating it into the spiritual to understand that over oh, there's abundant life. But because you're focused in on the physical, you're not relating to the abundant life that he came to get. Are you saved? Are you saved? Sure. Every single one. Are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Yeah. Well, where's the abundant life then talking like the devil? Well, according to you, you can't talk about much. Thank you. I thought you'd never come to that revelation. Absolutely. You're either going to believe what he says or you're going to believe what the devil says. And you're going to look with your physical eyes or you're going to look with your spiritual eyes. And that's why many of you are not healed. Oh, if a pin could drop, it would shatter this glass up here. What are you going to focus in on? The giver of life? Or the giver of troubles? Your choice. Your words proclaim what you think about. Your words tell the story of what you think about. And you know what else it does? It contributes to the wellness of your being. In other words, it contributes to sickness not having a part in your life. Relationship, intimacy, communion will heal you. And those three things will show you what to do. Let me tell you what a relationship will do. It will show you your authority. It will show you your authority. It will show you your power. And it will show you who you are. That's what relationship will do. Remember this. Without relationship, speaking to things means nothing. It means absolutely nothing without you plugged into and that. We, did, we just did that song, amen. Without that amp plugged into that outlet, we're not giving no music. No. Second revelation. The word is spirit. If you look at the word as life and medicine, it will heal you. If you look at the word as life and medicine, it will heal you. John 6, verse 63. It's the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Spirit and life. They'll hear you. 
If you approach the Word as light, and if you approach the Word as medicine, the Word will heal you. Look like at Psalms 107, verse 20. Amen. Psalms 107, verse 20. He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. Look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my saying. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all of their flesh. When you read that, ask your question. Do you make it personal? Or are you just reading it? When I read it, my son, DK, My son, DK, hear my words. Bend your ears to what I am saying, DK, so that you will know and you will see that this is flesh and this is good for your flesh. Bend your ears to what I'm saying. Understand and hear me spiritually what I'm saying. Incline your ears. Do not allow outward appearances. Those words that you see with your eyes. Don't allow those things that you see with your eyes. The government and all of those things that you see. Don't allow those things to distract you. Don't allow those things to come on you. Let your eyes not depart. from the word that is held to your flesh. Because out of your heart, DK, are all of the issues of life that you will ever partake in. Hear my words, DK. Are you making it personal? Because it is personal. This word is personal to you. Put your name where it belongs because you are the apple of his eye. DK, you are the apple of my eye. Thank you, Lord. I know that you love me. I know you will never forsake me. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. First Corinthians chapter 2, 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. <coughs> Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. You would read the scripture and you would think this is to the unbelievers and it's not. It's to the believers. It's to the believers. The natural man. What is that? 
It is someone who lives by their eyes and someone who lives by their emotions and someone who speaks the things that they see and the things that they hear and the things that they feel. They speak it. It comes out of their mouth. It doesn't take you very long to understand what a person is made out of simply by the things that come out of their mouth. It doesn't take very long for you to understand whether they're walking in the spirit or they're walking in the flesh. Amen. We're talking about people that are born again and yet 90% of the time they're dealing with the natural. Wow. Dealing with the natural. Common sense. The economy. All of these things that come with this world. They're not speaking to things that as they are. They're just speaking to things. And out of these things come them, come these negative things that relate to the natural, not the spiritual. But we live in this world. We do. But we're not of this world. We're not of this world. We live in this world, but we're not of this world. That's the reality. If you're not of this world, you have a different language than those who live in this world. <laughs> I told you I was going to bring a big mirror, didn't I? So that you can see you. Amen. We're not of this world. People read the word all over the world. And they're not transformed by that word. What is the point in reading the word if you're not transformed by the word? What's the point? Because the Word is alive, it's life, it is supposed to transform you, change you. It's alive, it's a sharp two-edged sword. If we're dealing with a sharp two-edged sword, what does the sword do? It cuts. That's what it does, it cuts. And it cuts even to the place where it goes to the very moral of your bone. It cuts. We can read it with our natural eye, but is it transforming us? The knowledge that you have concerning the Word of God, it should be transforming you. Taking you out of the natural man. Taking you out of the emotion. Taking you out of all these things. Number three. Everybody get in there? If you had a book, would you throw it at me?
Just say, thank you, Lord, for a man to bring me the truth. Amen. Yep. Number three, Revelation. This is the last one for today. I promise that it won't go over an hour. The power of sin was destroyed. You are forgiven. That's the third revelation. The power of sin was destroyed. You are forgiven. Mark chapter 2 verse 3. Did you get all that list, Brother Lynn, that I sent you with all those scriptures? It was a bunch, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And you didn't get them until Saturday morning either. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they had covered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lie, and when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven me. Son, thy sins be forgiven me. Look at Mark chapter 2, verse 6. There were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does the why does this man thus blasphemy speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in the spirit that they so reasoned with themselves, he saith unto them, Why reason these things in your heart? Which is easier to say? Take up your bed and go home? Or your sins are forgiven? Which one is easier? Because Jesus says, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you that I've got the power to forgive sins. I'm going to show you that when you are forgiven, you're healed. I'm going to show you that when you're forgiven, you're healed. Verses, verse 9 through 11. Whether it is easy to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven, they were to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up your bed, and go your way to your house. When you've got the revelation that you're forgiven, you're healed. You may not think of them in the same sentence, but if you're forgiven, you're healed. But you know the problem? Is that multitudes of God's people are carrying a tremendous amount of baggage when they get saved. A tremendous amount of baggage. Baggage that they've not dealt with. Baggage that they've not asked the Lord to take care of. I was coming out of my office Wednesday. I was watching the boy Jacoby and 
There was an old Western on TV, I think with even black and white. Yeah. And as I walked by the TV set, I just glanced at it, and it was about two people that were being reunited, and they had had a falling out years and years and years before, but something that had happened, and now they were being reunited, and they were hugging each other, and I immediately broke into tears and started sobbing. And I stopped and I said, Lord, for that to happen, there's something down inside of me that hadn't been dealt with. And the minute that I spoke that, the Lord showed me. Many, 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 many years ago that I had hurt somebody deeply. And their life was changed because of that hurt. I didn't know how to respond. And I said, Lord, but I will respond. I'll, I'll do the best that I can. And the Lord brought it to me. And I emailed this individual and I said, please forgive me for the hurt that I have caused you. Please forgive me. I said, I'm not looking for anything here other than just your forgiveness. Because I felt in my heart that I had done an injustice to you. Two days went by, but I was free. I knew I was free. Last night, the email came in and it says, I forgive you. And if you would like, we can begin to work on a relationship. Wow. And I said, Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Such a powerful and gracious God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. That's great. But that old movie that I was just walking by, I didn't even know there was a problem. I mean, we're talking. We're talking 40 years ago. 40 years. Because you don't know what's down inside of you, but he does. He knows what's down inside of you. He knows the things that, that, that the hurt that you've caused and the things that you have done and, and the things that you've said to someone else in anger. And he knows those things. And it happened after you got born again. So your conscience was purged when you become born again. But when you begin to speak those things, then your conscience begins to have all these things again. And I thank God for the Holy Spirit that said, and that I just and I realized that in order for me to weep over an old western about two people being reconciled, I knew that there was something in my life that needed I needed to be free of. And I thank the Lord for it. 
guilt, remorse, shame, pondering, meditating on the past, things that weigh you down, things that you think about, things that make you sorry, things about broken relationships, marriages, relationships, children. Things that weigh you down. These things need to be purged. What does the Word of God say that Jesus Christ is going to wipe away every tear in heaven? Why? Because you're filled with those remorse things. That's why He's going to wipe away every tear. But He wants to wipe away every tear here. And you're going to have to do like I did. You know, because this is what... Uh, little voice came to me and said, what are you going to do? You're going to bring up 40 years past these people that don't even remember? You're an idiot. You're going to go back 40 years and you're going to dredge all of this up in their lives now and they're going to get all of these same old feelings again? You know, the devil will do everything that he can do to keep you in bondage. He'll lie to you, he'll cheat on you, he'll, 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 he'll tell you things that are not true. And it didn't matter whether I got an email back or not. What mattered is, is that I was free. Amen. That's why Jesus is going to wipe away all the tears. Salvation should have wiped away all the tears. And I want to tell you, you have the opportunity right now to say, Lord, the things that I've said, the words that I've spoken, that have caused relationship problems, that have caused problems with my children, problems with the neighbor, problems with the church. So that you can be free. Favorite saying of my daughter, you know, Dad, you're just doing too much. You're just speaking too many things. Who, who's going to do that? I'll tell you who's going to do it. Those that will hear the word and want to be free. That's who will do it. And when they're free, they're free indeed. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 2. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshippers, once purged, should have had no more conscience of sins. There you are. No more conscience of sins. No more conscience of sins. Salvation had to purge, was supposed to purge our conscience. And it did. But the things that are in our conscience now, 
need to be purged because now that you've come into that revelation, you know what? How many, how many enjoy thinking about the past, about things that have happened, and the devil brings us all into that place? The Word of God says, a conscience purged. So that there, you have no more conscience of sin. You know, the Word of God says that He will give you money with no sorrow in it. You know the scripture I'm talking about? And yet this happens in every other relationship. There's sorrow. If He doesn't enrich it, do you think that He wants to do it in your moral life? Let me give you an example, and I'm getting ready to close. And everybody said, thank Amen. God. I'm going to give you an example. I'm on a very important phone call to Africa. I'm dealing with villages, or I'm dealing with the orphanage, and I'm on a very important phone call. And Jacoba, he's a year and a half, and he comes busting into my office with this truck. And I'm on this very important phone call. Why does he come into my office disrupting everything? Because he has no conscience that he's out of order. He has no conscience that he's out of order. This is Papa's office. I can play in Papa's office. I can do anything that I want in Papa's office. And if he's on the phone, so what? I can still do what I want to do in Papa's office. No conscience that he's wrong. No conscience. That's why he's able to do it. Hebrews 10, 17, my last scripture. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Yeah. Oh, praise the Lord. That God would look into the deepest corners of my closet. And bring it to me. And it doesn't belong there. It's an invader. Take up thy bed and go home. For what is easier to say? I forgive you of your sin. Or you're healed. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you and praise you today. I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for the love that you have. For us as your children, I want to thank you, Lord. I stand before you, Lord, and I have done the very best that I can do. I've done what you've called me to do. And I ask you now, 
And I humble myself before you, Lord. And I ask you that throughout the world to take this broadcast to people in every nation, that there shall be a place of planning that people may be free. That people will be healed. That people will be touched. Holy Spirit, go through this camera. Go through Facebook into every nation and touch the lives of those that are adhering to this word. Adhering to what you have given. Touch people that are in the sanctuary right now, Lord. Right now, touch them. That every word spoken shall find a place of planning. I'll thank you and I'll give you all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. If you have joined with us and you are at the end of this broadcast and if you would like and desire for the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your life I'm going to pray a prayer and if you believe, if you will believe, the angels will rejoice and you will be saved. And you will enter into the glorious, glorious, glorious presence of the Lord. Stretch your hands this way. All throughout the world. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I am coming to you because this preacher has offered me a chance to be saved. I confess that I need Jesus as my Savior. I confess that I have done a lot of bad things in my life. And I confess that I need to be forgiven. Holy Father, reach down and touch me in the name of Jesus. Reach down. I accept Jesus as my Lord. I accept Jesus as my salvation. I accept Jesus as the healer of my body. The minute that you say this prayer, the minute that you receive Jesus, I want you to know that you're healed as well. Receive it. Lord, accept me. I come unto you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And if that was you, amen, just raise your hand throughout the entire world and say, Lord, thank you for coming into my life. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Can you do that? <laughs> Hallelujah. I believe, I believe that people all over the world, amen, are being touched by this very message. Amen. Go to our website, www.rocksolidtruth.com. Amen. Look what the Lord is doing. Amen. Go to Facebook and see what's taking place uh, through the ministry. Amen. Multitudes of people are being touched. Amen. We are asking you to hold us up in prayer. We are also asking you that in your prayer, if you would ask the Lord if you could partner with us, have to be your part. To be your part in helping us. Amen. I want you to know that we use 
of the gifts that we have, amen, to go for the ministry work. Amen. I want to give the Lord the praise and I want to thank you for joining our broadcast today. This is DK Group with Rock Solid Truth. Go with God and I guarantee you He will go with you.